With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say thank you to the Iowa Pork Producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa Pork Industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Pour one more beer for me. Exile means quality. So savagely. Podcast Miller and Dace. You know, there was a there were some games in the Big Ten. Probably should mention quickly. Um, Wisconsin smoked Minnesota thirty-one nothing. Um, Ohio State Michigan thirty-one twenty. Michigan was up fourteen nothing. First time in the history of this game that Ohio State has ever come back and won it when trailing by that much. Uh, I saw some. Several people mentioning that the uh, the refs were making some calls, let's say favorable to Ohio State. I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't watch much of the game till the very end. I was typically in my household, Steve, the first Saturday after Iowa's last football game, which has been on Black Friday recently. That means I got my daughter out roller skating and a movie, and that's what I did yesterday. Uh, Mary's favorite day of the year behind Christmas and her birthday is the day after Iowa's football season comes to an end. So, was it was it? Uh, <laughs> yes, it invest, was. Investigate it was, the Big was, Ten worthy again? It was. It was. It was bad, John. It was. But the difference here is, you know, John O'Corn came into the game statistically the worst quarterback, worse than Nick Sheridan and Stephen Three trying to run Rich Rod's, you know, zone read option. He's your number. I mean, he's your number three quarterback. And and it was it was bad. It was. One, one, one prominent Ohio State writer posted on Twitter, let's be real, Michigan outplayed Ohio State in 21 of the 22 positions on the field today. And the one that made the difference, of course, was the most important one. Now, I wouldn't go that far. We didn't outplay him on 21 out of 22. I think we outplayed him at the majority of them, though. But the, the quarterback spot there with, with him was just dreadful. And he was crying and stuff at the podium after the game, and he should be because he lost that game. I mean, it's just reality i mean it's just the film study it's just terrible it's brutal and 
but I'm so glad it's over. I'm not angry. I'm so relieved. I feel the way you were talking about in our last podcast about Iowa is how I have felt about Michigan for the last few weeks. We have a rough four-game stretch, Wisconsin, Ohio State, a bowl game maybe against a ranked team, and then at Notre Dame to start next year. If we could go one and three or two and two in that stretch, and then I think that I think the seas part, skies open up, and we start. We go. I think then after that, the next two seasons, we go on a we start we go on a roll, looking like the team of people have been anticipating we were going to be. I was just wanted to get that game over with, and I'm glad that it is. Yes, indeed. Um... Michigan State beat Rutgers forty to seven, nine and three, seven and two in the Big Ten. They were three and nine a year ago, and D'Antonio just uh, vampired a lot of teams to death this year. But I think I saw somebody tweet they're either the youngest or second youngest team in FBS. Had you heard that? Yeah, I know they're that both Michigan you know, Michigan was last on Phil Steele's experience chart. Michigan has been the youngest team in college football for the last 10 years, and I don't That's know how that keeps true. happening. You keep saying that. It's not true. <laughs> I don't know why you say that. Why, that, that maybe, why maybe, maybe, maybe for two years in a row you brought it up, and I've, I've I, maybe I amplified you, it a little bit. I told you when he took over, we had a lot of guys coming back. That's why he was going to go at least 9-3. and three. That's what he did. Last year we brought back all those seniors. I thought we would be in the playoff. We were one. We almost made it. You know, I don't. I don't make up depth charts. I, I didn't write Phil Steele's experience chart. I mean, we lost 19 guys to the NFL. We were so Michigan State started actually more overall. Their our roster was slightly younger, but they played more freshmen than we did. So it depends on how you look at it. So yeah, they're not going anywhere. I don't think they're that great. But they're going to be. I think the way you put it about vampiring opponents, I, I think. I think. I don't think they'll be back to where they once were. They. He. I could see him maybe winning another Big Ten title. I don't think the idea of winning three in five years, right. like, where that's all out the window now. But I think that he has reestablished them that you are going to have to be physically better than them, more talented than them. Otherwise, yeah, he'll be the new Bill Snyder. He'll vampire you to death. You're right. Uh, anything else here worth mentioning? Penn State sixty-six to three in a meaningless, really a meaningless game for them. Although getting to the New Year's Six would be uh, good. And Purdue beat Indiana 31-24. Scott Dockman thinks that basically helped save Iowa from the pinstripe per se. But again, we we talked about Bulls in the last episode. There, there's just you know what? Let, let's do this too quick from the Big Ten. You sent me and I posted it today or on Sunday rather. Um, you're all Big Ten team. And first, let's go through it. On offense, quarterback JT Barrett, running back Saquon Barkley, running back Jonathan Taylor. I think check, check, check. Stanley Morgan from Nebraska nearly became Nebraska's first ever 1,000-yard receiver. And DJ Moore from Maryland, tight end Noah Fant for Iowa. I don't know that Noah will get it, but when you have 10 touchdown receptions, you probably should be considered. And I think he has less than 100 yards, fewer than Mike Gusecki, and twice as many touchdowns. So to me, that's a pretty easy call. Yeah, and not many tight ends are going to beat you on 68-yard touchdown receptions um, on little passes to the flat like he did against uh, Nebraska on on Friday. Uh, right. Offensive line, Billy Price, Ohio State, Brian Allen, Michigan State. 
Jamarco Jones, Ohio State, Bo Ben Schwazel, or whatever how you pronounce it from Wisconsin, and Michael Dieter from Wisconsin defense. Maurice Hurst, Michigan, Chase Winovich, Michigan, Kenny Willikies, Michigan State, Garrett Dooley, Wisconsin, Josie Jewell, Iowa, Devin Bush, Michigan, to Gray Scales, Indiana, Josh Jackson, Iowa. Kaliki Hudson, Michigan, Levert Hill, Michigan, Nick Nelson, Wisconsin. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year, JT Barrett. Defensive Player of the Year, Josie Jewell. Coach of the Year, Jeff Brom of Purdue. And Newcomer of the Year, Jonathan Taylor. I don't really have any objections with that, but I saw a few. I I tweeted out the story, linked to the story today that you wrote. Got several Iowa fans. I think they even commented uh, to you on some of these. Others, they didn't. Saying that you had a little home cooking with your one, two, three, four, five Michigan players who made first team on your defense, and I, I reminded them Michigan had the number three total defense in the in, in the nation this year, number three. So they probably had some good players on that team. What do you say to that? Yeah, I don't, and I don't mind being asked about that. So, like I did with our, my poll selection in the last podcast, where I broke down where. And I have a lot of respect for Scott Dockerman's work. I followed on Twitter, but I broke down why I disagreed with his thoughts on Iowa's bowl um, selection process. So I'll just run through those very quickly. Pro Football Focus, which for my money is the number one advanced metric analytic website in the sport, college or pro. They have Maurice Hurst rated the number one player in college football this year, regardless of position. So I think that's pretty good. You think that's pretty good? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Chase Winovich, I believe, led the Big Ten in sacks. Think that's pretty good? That usually gets you on the first team. Kalik Hudson, I think, led the Big Ten in tackles for loss or was second. Now, I wasn't sure what position to put him at because, you know, we have that strange Viper position. But according to NCAA statistics, he's a defensive back. So that's why he was at that position. You think leading the Big Ten in tackles for loss might be pretty good? As a defensive back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. LaVert Hill, by the way, I think is ranked the number two corner in the country by pro football focus behind your guy. So, so I think um, there'd be room for him on a four uh, a four man squad. Yeah, so I mean that's that's why I have those guys there. If if you got some people that are better than those guys that have been left off, by golly. Submit their names. Good point. Um I think this may be breaking news as we sit here. Wilton Spate transferring from Michigan? I think that's a good move. I, I told you before I, I doubted he'd ever play another down. I, I I don't know about the cracked vertebrae thing, number one. But if then you bring that, you have the way Brandon Peters played, it, it, I think Harbaugh, it's just time to move on fully to the Harbaugh era. Mm-hmm. He's the last remaining holdover of the Hoke era. And um, wish the kid well. I think it's a good move for him and a good move for Michigan. And it's, uh, it's, it's time to move full bore into uh, Harbaugh's guys, which Michigan's going to get to do next year. I think that uh, if he's in a system where they let him not have to make a lot of reads like Harbaugh's pro style attack does, but more of a Washington State, Mike Leach kind of a system, I think he could be pretty good. And people forget – he was third team all Big Ten last year. We keep forgetting that, you know. But, you know, he was at times last season really, really good for Michigan. All right, let's go full bore into 
I've actually had people tweet at me um, on Sunday night saying, hey, I'm looking forward to you guys breaking down the Iowa game, but I'm really looking forward to you talking about what, yeah, went, what, this too. what yeah. went on Sunday uh, in the college football world off the field. And my gosh, job openings after job openings after job openings. And, and who knows by the time I'm, I'm going to drop this podcast Monday, because by the time if we wait another day, Steve, half of it could be rendered useless because it might be rendered useless tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Let's start with Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, by all accounts, and I think it's obviously accurate, they had come to some type of term or, or a memoriam of understanding or whatever you call it with Greg Schiano, who's presently the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. He was head coach at Rutgers and, and gosh, got them in the top 10 one year. I think they had a 10 win season one year when he was there. He was offered the Michigan job offered um, by our AD Bill Martin after Lloyd Carr's retirement uh, out at the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony in New York City, accepted the job, and then the next morning when he went to meet with his team, just couldn't do it, couldn't leave, and turned it down. Wow. So, And, and he ultimately went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So yep. dude, was, dude was highly sought after. Didn't work out so well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, had his name brought up in the Jerry Sandusky... I don't know, trial, whatever. Mike McQuarrie had, had mentioned him saying that at one point or another, and he couldn't remember if it was day or night or when it was, that that um, Greg Schiano had come in white as a ghost saying that he had seen Jerry Sandusky in a shower with a boy, although Schiano denies that, and the prosecutor didn't really pursue that. So you can take that for what it is. Tennessee offered him the job. He accepted it today. <laughs> And the Tennessee fans went absolutely nuts, led by Clay Travis, who we mentioned in the previous podcast. Clay is basically an SEC mouthpiece, has been for years. I used to do videos with him many moons ago. Certainly opinionated, has made more of a name for himself this year with political takes, really, than sports takes or sports political takes, if you will. He tweeted out the cell phone number of Tennessee's athletic director on Sunday, John Curry, basically telling Tennessee fans that they should not take this. And many of them had already come to that conclusion. Long story short, Tennessee and Shiano basically is not going to happen. Remains to be seen whether or not Shiano and his agent can um, seek or get any damages from Tennessee because this is a pretty embarrassing thing for him. It certainly damages your reputation. And some of the responses that I saw retweeted in that from Tennessee fans on Twitter today, I just, I shouldn't be shocked anymore, Steve, by the, I don't even know the word. I shouldn't be shocked, but I still am. Just a bunch of mouth breathers. What was your take on all that? I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Tennessee. You have. I love, I love the stadium. I love the uniforms. I love Rocky Top. Okay, I just... I, I love the atmosphere. It's it's probably the prettiest college football stadium I've ever been to. So what I'm about to say is not personal for me. 
in fact, it's, you know, my, my personal inclination is to be favorable. But outside of SMU in the 80s, what we've seen in recent years with Baylor and Michigan State and Penn State, you know, systemic moral failings. And I, it's probably unfair to put Michigan State next to Baylor and, um, and Penn State because their administration appears to have handled it much differently from the outset, which maybe stopped it from becoming systemic or metastasized. But short of that moral failing on a campus, I think this is the worst look for a collegiate football program I can recall. And that's that's are, saying a lot. There's no there's no winners here. I think the fallout from this actually is just beginning. There's so many angles to this that I want to I stop me from wandering, okay, and rein me in. You mentioned Greg. <laughs> Everyone's Schoen. going no. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure I don't go off the. Not saying something outrageous, but that I I I, I don't lose the points I want to make. Let's start with Greg Schiano. Now, I've been through not a multi-million dollar. Well, actually, I have been through million-dollar negotiations in my line of work now. Nothing to the extent, you know, of being a Power Five college football coach, <clears throat> but I've negotiated with counsel a motion picture deal, three national media deals, and three book publishing deals in the last five years. I have some experience with this. I have some experience with memos of understanding. I will be shocked if, if Tennessee gets out of this without paying some form of compensation or consideration to Greg Schiano. Shocked. That doesn't even include if I'm Schiano's, Schiano's representatives. Punitive. This is punitive. I mean, what this has done, to, I mean, no one's going to ask questions at Ohio State about this now. I mean, everywhere he goes, this isn't an issue now. Everywhere. I mean, they have a, they essentially are making the argument that they couldn't hire him because of the hearsay evidence that was never explored. I think if, if, if there's anything we could accuse the, the ultimate adjudication of the Penn State case— the one thing we couldn't say they were was not zealous enough. People went to people are in prison right now as we speak for this. Right. Drove another guy, a legend, to his grave, literally. All right. So you would think if there was another scalp to add, they likely would have, but they did not. So largely on secondhand, pure hearsay evidence. That the same prosecution that put the the brass of the athletic of the administration behind bars did not pursue. We have likely destroyed this guy's career in collegiate sports. From the at the very least, the the odds he'll ever be a head coach are probably negative integers. I have got to believe there is some form of a punitive price to pay for that. Well, because I, that, yeah. that is that is what Tennessee, well, that is what Tennessee is going to say 
is why this happened. Now, they, it's not why it happened. That, that, that's the reason they have to give for why they would back out of this memo of understanding, although that's not why it happened. Let's get into why it really happened. Why it really happened is they didn't listen to me on this damn podcast three weeks ago. When I told them they needed to engineer a Bruce Pearl moment like Gary Barta did at Iowa a few years ago. Something needed to be said. Whether it's Peyton Manning saying, you know, I talked to John Gruden, he's a great guy, loves Tennessee, his wife's a Vol, loves Rocky Top, but he just loves what he's doing, guys. It's time to move on. Or John Gruden saying that himself. Somebody needed to say that so the fan base could move on, clear the air. That was never said. That's never been done. In fact, at this time last week, one of the local steakhouses was 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 issuing corrections that John Gruden was actually not dining there that night. They never gave their fan base a break. They never let them down. And so the speculation with Gruden has just continued. No other names were brought up. Tennessee's been saying for three days, we're planning on announcing our coach here on Monday, making arrangements for it, reading all these stories. Nobody knows who it is. The assumption was it was Dan Mullen. But there's no record of John Curry, their AD, ever having met with him or anything else. So nobody knew who it was, which only just helped the Gruden speculation stay alive. Okay? They never gave their fans a clean break. The new AD, John Curry, comes from Kansas State, where he was in a tug of – John Curry had been at Tennessee before. He was part of the administrative team that fired Philip Fulmer back in the day. From there, he went on to become the AD at Kansas State. And he was embroiled in a controversy a year ago with Bill Snyder about the conditions for replacing him. And he wanted to bring Mike Levitt, Snyder's former defensive coordinator, who was then the defensive coordinator at Colorado, where they were having a renaissance, and is now the defensive coordinator at Oregon, who's dramatically improved on that side of the ball this year. He wanted to bring him in to be the coach in waiting at Kansas State bring him back to working for Snyder and he would get paid essentially head coaching money and everybody would know like Tom Izzo and Judd Heathcote, he would take over after Snyder stepped down. Well, Snyder is trying to force his son who's not even been a coordinator before and is the team's special teams coach. He's trying to force his son as, as the successor. The fan base is in total revolt about this at Kansas state. All right. Curry got tired of dealing with this, and when his former uh, former school, Tennessee, called, gladly bolted to that to that program. Well, clearly, he did not really gauge his own fan base. Clearly, he had no idea what his own fans thought, because in order to get rid of Greg Schiano, they essentially def- defamed this guy's character. I don't know how else to put it, man. That's what they did. They now they might even they might even be right. The fans might even be right. I I don't know how that would work, you know. Uh, to me, I don't doesn't have ties to that area on any stretch of the imagination. You're gonna you're gonna go ahead and tell your fans, hey, we're gonna hire a former Tampa Bay the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, but not the John Gruden one, the other guy. <laughs> Just what the hell kind of tone deafness is that? That's a terrible idea from a marketing standpoint. So I get why the fans didn't want him, but. This is the definition of Pyrrhic victory. Mm-hmm. What happened here is unprecedented, but it will set a precedent going forward. The precedent has now been set that with the power of social media, 
you can destroy your administration's choices for coaches if you want. Well, the method used to destroy him, to essentially say he was an accessory to a serial pedophile. <laughs> I, this is the equivalent of dropping a nuclear bomb on your neighbor's house. Yeah, you blew them out of the water, but the minute the wind blows and changes, the fallout ends up in your yard, too. I cannot imagine why anybody you would want would take that job at the moment. How you would unify that fan base. Why you would think that you're getting hired by the AD who's going to actually be an AD there a year from now. I don't, I don't know John Curry continues to do his own job. Right out of the gate, your first deal is, well, you waited too long to fire Butch Jones. That's the perception, right? You, you let Florida, your, your division rival, make an instant move and get in on screening candidates. And, oh, by the way, Florida ends up with the guy that you were rumored to have got be getting this whole time in Dan Mullen. Florida gets that guy instead. And, and so you let Butch Jones just dwindle out there, dropping more dumb cliches about, you know, we're getting leadership reps, uh, you know, further embarrassing your program for three extra weeks. And then you come back with a guy that clearly your fan base didn't want. You got state legislators and everybody else revolting, which means that tells me that you didn't you didn't test the room. You didn't meaning you didn't ask the you didn't ask the boosters. You didn't ask Bubba the Love Sponge back there, at, you know, in the, who's really calling the shots at every SEC school other than Vanderbilt. You didn't ask him when he thought. You really thought that you were like the real athletic director here. That's not true. It's the Southeastern Conference, bro. The guys write the checks off. All right, so you got oh you you your reach exceeds your grasp. You're getting over your skis. You have some delusions of grandeur here, and your your fan base blows up on you. And in order to in order to to get the kill shot, metaphorically, they defame this guy's character publicly. I I don't know why anybody goes there. Mm-hmm. You would want. I don't know why. You won't know who the AD is. How do you unite that fan base? Even a local guy like Mike Norvell from Memphis, who's in the top 25. Now, he's doing it with a program. Mike Norvell's not Scott Frost. He didn't build that program. Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech did. And Mike Norvell is largely coaching guys Justin Fuente left behind with a program that he built at Memphis. But I, I don't <laughs> What they've polluted their own well here. They, this is the this is the equivalent of burning the village to save it. You, they have Chernobyled themselves. So I, I hope they are happy. I, I I I hope they assessed that the method it would take to get rid of Shiano is worth the Geiger counters that are going off throughout the city of Knoxville at the moment. If I am an agent. I, I am not having my guy go anywhere near there. First of all, you're talking about a program that prior to 2009 won 65% of its SEC games. Since 2009, has won 32% of its SEC games. You're talking about a program that just became, there's only two pro, major programs left that had not had an eight-loss season, Ohio State and Tennessee. They just had one. They just lost at home to Vanderbilt again. You're going to do all of this 
you're now yes you're in the sec east but you have to play alabama every year as your as your divisional rival and you're going to walk into this situation with a fan base so on tilt they decide to drag out third-party hearsay evidence about arguably the darkest moment in modern college football history, Penn State and Sandusky, to besmirch this guy, to tarnish him, to scarlet letter him, to defame his character. If they do that to a guy that hasn't lost to Alabama yet, hasn't lost to Florida yet, what are they going to do to you when you do? That's the question mm-hmm. I'd be asking. It, it, it would take someone who has who who is more comfortable in their own skin than anybody I know, and it. I think Tennessee's probably also cost them at least one, if not two, more million dollars per year to whomever they sign, and an unconscionable buyout that is so one-sided in favor of the coach, it will make what Gary Barta did with Kirk Ferentz look like a, uh, you know, buying a pack of bazooka bubble gum because they, they've just, they, they've bid against themselves. Like you say, no, nobody is going to want that job. No, nobody that the fan base will possibly have an interest in is going to want that job. It, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Pete Thamel. Here's, here's what I would do if I was Tennessee. What did, what did Pete Thamel say? I, I, Pete Thamel said, is usually pretty connected. Iowa State coach Matt Campbell will not be involved in the Tennessee job. Just tweeted it. That, no, I would have said it. I, I, I just tweet. Last night I put up my own little tweet storm addressed at Matt Campbell about him in Nebraska because that was the big speculation last night, right, that um, that he was high on Nebraska's list and there was interest. Well, I thought that was a terrible decision for him. By the way, uh, word is that Tom Osborne did make that call to Scott Frost and say, it's time to come home. And now you're at that Bear Bryant moment. Why did he leave A&M when he built it into a national power and go to Alabama to rebuild that program? He said, when mama calls, you have to go. So daddy called. You have to go. Good for Nebraska. Good for the Big Ten. Because they literally offer the Big Ten nothing. They are a loss leader academically, television, everything. They, good, they don't good, for the big, good for the Big Ten. Why? Because they need. Because if Nebraska is not good in football, they might as well be Rutgers. They offer nothing. Yeah, I, 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 I frankly don't think Scott Frost in Nebraska is uh, fait accompli. The boys are back in town again. I, we'll see what kind of style he wants to run. If he wants, I, to... I, did, I don't disagree with that. But it's the best chance they had. Okay. It's the best chance they had because with him, you're going to get the Fred Hoiberg effect. They will do things for him they weren't going to do for Mike Riley. They weren't going to do for Bill Callahan. They weren't going to put up with from Bo Pelini. He's a hard ass, by the way. He's more out of the Pelini mold. He's not a nice guy. Okay? He is He is tough as nails. He is what he, That's what he was as a player. He was a son of a you-know-what as a player. We, people hated him when he was a player. All right. I mean, he was like, who's that guy with the receding hairline for Purdue basketball a few years ago? He was like that. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but he'll get, but he gets to drop as many F bombs as he wants because he's Scott Frost, national champion, not Bo Pelini. They will do things for him they wouldn't do for others. And that was their best shot. Okay. But I, I and I even just tweeted last Robbie night. Robbie Hummel. Matt Campbell. Thank you. But yes, I even tweeted last night to Matt Campbell. Hey, if somebody like Tennessee calls, you have to listen. 
Not now. No way. No way. Let me tell you what Tennessee needs to do. <clears throat> Since they didn't listen to me before about creating a bridge between Gruden and this, what they need now is they need an experienced coach. They need somebody who's actually failed before and been successful um, and who's an adult whose personality isn't um, a cliche a minute, isn't... Um, you just ruled out less miles. Isn't, you know, sort of um, a douche canoe, which is Greg Schiano. Somebody who can work a room. Somebody who has a Philip Fulmer folksiness to him. So I'm going to give you two names. And I think they need to... What, what, what Tennessee needs to do is stop the bleeding. They need to bring in a professional coach. All right, Derek Dooley, not a professional coach. Butch Jones, not a professional coach. This sounds like it'd they, be great for Hayden Fry once upon a time. Well, they need they need to bring in somebody who's an adult who can work the alumni network, stabilize their program for the next few years, so they can get back to ultimately. Oh, the, the whole landscape of the SEC is going to change when Nick Saban moves on. This is a level of dominance we've never seen before and likely we'll never see again because we've not seen anything like this since Bear Bryant. And he last coached in 1982, man. That's 35 years ago. So it's very likely in our lifetimes we'll never see anything like this again. So I'll give you two names. Rick Neuheisel, Mac Brown. Go get one of those two guys that coached major college football, power five leagues, been hugely successful they understand personalities they understand how to work a room they have failed and been successful so there's no ego here they love the sport they both want to go back they both love to recruit which is a huge key and they've dealt with difficult administrations I mean, the Texas administration is notoriously difficult because it's a big-time school, though, that has sort of a, you know, a, a Mary Sue Coleman, if you remember her from her Iowa and Michigan days, they have sort of a Mary Sue Coleman look on academics. They, they want to be an elite academic public university but win 11 games in football every year. Hard to do that. Mac Brown had to negotiate all of that. I mean, Rick Neuheisel dealt with um, UCLA, a notoriously cheap athletic department that struck it freaking rich this week, by the way. But um, I'd go get one of those two guys. They're not too old yet. Hell, if Philip Fulmer was 63 instead of 67, I'd put him in charge for at least three to five years. I'm not kidding you. I would. Just to stabilize this, get it back under control. Those guys have big names, too. So they're, they're, those are big names that transcend John Curry because you got to get beyond him now. I, I don't know how anybody has any confidence in a coach John Curry brings in when his opening salvo led to an all-out unprecedented riffle from his own fan base. I, I don't know why anybody would trust his hire at this point. So I, go, I, 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 I have Philip Fulmer make this hire, put him in charge. And, if, and, and I would suggest to Fulmer, go get – don't try to find your new hotness. You're not getting them now. Don't try to get – you know, the there, there's no more Chip Kellys left. John Gruden's not coming. Go get somebody who's an adult who can stabilize the program, 
who appreciates recruiting. And in my eyes, I'd get Mac Brown or Rick Neuheisel. You know, just to steady, just to steady the ship before, and to, as we get to the end of the, of, of, we're likely at the end of the Saban era. We're, we're approaching it, meaning this isn't going to go on another three or more than another five years. Those guys can handle the reins for another five years, and they both made such huge money. First of all, they don't come with buyouts; they're unemployed. They've also made such huge money. You can probably get the Chip Kelly kind of discount for them. All right, they'll probably do it for three to five million instead of eight to nine, and that gives you money to go out there and go hire the best offensive and defensive coordinators that you can find. That's what I would do. You know, to continue the um, Chernobyl analogy from earlier, I like that because right now it's radioactive, and but you know, you know, one of the places in the world I would love to visit just myself as like a dream tourist trip Priya Pet, Chernobyl I would love to do it and they, they there are there are tourist trips you can take there I would absolutely love to do it but it's safe enough now where you can get close enough to do it and that's what they need they need some time to pass so that you can actually go out and get a good coach who's going to try and build the media loves program. both of those guys and that's a bit i think that matters a lot now you need to change the narrative of your program. i don't think mac brown can i, I think new is a much better fit than brown i think brown uh, has downshifted quite a bit and i don't think it has to be I, i'm not, I, i'm those two guys to me are like archetypes of what i'm okay, talking about gotcha. you might come up with other names that might be better i get somebody like that though who's been highly successful egoless hungry would love another chance Mac Brown, from what I understand, has told several people he'd love a chance to coach again. Hmm. Okay, so he lives in that area, by the way. He's right there in that Carolina, Tennessee. Not too. He lives in that area. But you know, I, those are guys that right away you get favorable national media coverage because you need to change your brand. I mean, you had Lane Kiffin leave after one year. Yet Butch Jones essentially create your 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 turns your program into a a social media it, it, you became chris christie your own meme you know those memes we saw during the election last year of a despondent chris christie with those i with that i know i just sold my soul look behind we all saw those all last year during the election right okay that's what tennessee football is right now that's what butch jones did with the trash can and the cliches then you just you just crap yourself and then feed it to one another like it's chocolate mousse. This is a Guyana moment. This is the college football equivalent of a Guyana, of a hail bop, John. They need a they need a reset, and they need to bring somebody in that can be a goodwill ambassador who immediately gets goodwill because their name comes with it. They're well known, but since this is their last stop. If they don't have to worry about the next job if this doesn't work. Matt Campbell does. Mike Norvell does. Rick Neuheisel and, and Mac Brown do not. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you, Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? 
NASCAR and the Jags, Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers, whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. That's my idea. That's yeah, my suggestion. No, I, I like that. That is, that's not a bad take. Um, here we are at the SEC. Florida hires Dan Mullen from Mississippi State. Just a, that league, man. That 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 league is is just something. That's a very good hire for them. He knows the ins and outs. Was the was was Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator during their best years? He immediately brings Tebow and that element. You know, um, McElwain really wanted to build his own program, so he didn't you know diss the old school guys, but he didn't want them looking over his shoulder either. Mullen will have no qualms about bringing in that golden era. Right. Because he was a big cog in it, so it doesn't threaten him at all. That's his resume. He'll bring all of that in. Uh, he's a quarterback developer. I mean, you look at what he's done with Dak Prescott and Nick Fitzgerald. Neither one of those guys were any kind of recruits at all. Dak Prescott turned him into an NFL starting quarterback. Nick Fitzgerald will probably end up being a, a, a NFL quarterback once he in, in, gets over his ankle injury. That's been the position that's held that program back. I think that's an excellent hire for them. Old Miss is already promoted from within, so we have the Arkansas job open as Brett Bielema. They did the smart thing there too. Fire. Matt Luke is that's a smart move for them. Matt Luke is is Mr. Old Miss. Let him sit there. He's doing just what I Old Miss is doing what I'm suggesting Tennessee is doing too. They have their they have somebody there that the alumni know. He'll take the hit for the, the rest of the NCAA sanctions. Right. He'll dig them out. He'll take a nice annuity and make millions of dollars as Mr. Ole Miss when this is all over, and then they'll go get themselves another real coach when this is all done. Arkansas is open. Uh, Mississippi. I don't know what they do. I, I don't. What, I don't. Other than they're going to get Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. You want to talk about a guy whose life's changed in the last month? He was fired a month ago. His AD is gone because of other issues there at Auburn. Now. He's beaten the number two ranked team in the country two of the last three games, and he's got Arkansas publicly coming for him. Gus Malzahn's going to go from fired to president of the freaking university if he wants, John. Mm -hmm. Things have changed for him quite a bit. I don't know what Arkansas. And you know what? Maybe that's when you say, forget you guys, I'm out. I, you know, if I'm Gus Malzahn, I might think about that. But, because, listen, Auburn, Gene Chiswick won a national championship, was fired two years later. Keep that in mind, all right? You have a new AD. It's going to be, we're going to have a new AD at Auburn within a year. So, so let's say Jarrett Stinham goes pro. He could. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's eligible for the draft. So let's say Jarrett Stinham goes pro. Carryon Johnson's a senior. They lose several guys in this defense. And let's say they go 8-4 and four next year or 7-5. and five. And let's say Gus Malzahn goes 8-4, and 9-3 and three in 2019. What do you think that new AD at Auburn is going to do, John? He's going to fire him. And then Gus Malzahn's going to think, damn, I wish I would have taken that golden parachute to Arkansas. Mm -hmm. 
So that's not the worst career advice you've ever given. No question. Me. No question about it. Um, you look at A&M and Jim. A&M, yeah. I would not – right now, no program in America, no program, at least public school. I, we don't really know how much money schools like USC and Notre Dame have to spend because they're private schools, okay? But there isn't a public university in America that has more money to spend right now than Texas A&M does. So – Jimbo Fisher, if you feel like maybe I've taken Florida State as far as I can, maybe I want to change. Whatever you've never been able to get from Florida State, you could you would absolutely get at A and M. Absolutely, you would get that at A and M. Now, you got to play Nick Saban every single year. I don't know that that bothers Jimbo Fisher that much, frankly. I mean, if I'm Jim, Jimbo Fisher is probably thinking, why is that any different than playing Dabo Sweeney every single year? To him, it's probably not. Right. I don't think it's as far-fetched him taking that job as people think. I mean, look at they look what happened. So let's let's say DeAndre Francois comes back next year. He's healthy, but Florida State goes nine and three. What's their fan base saying? After going six and six and then mm-hmm. nine and three, you know what I'm saying? Though, so I I don't think that's crazy that Jimbo Fisher will will take that job. I wouldn't predict it, but I don't think it's nuts. Like I don't think it's like ninety ten. I think it's probably sixty forty that he won't. But those are still pretty good odds if you're a And M. I'd those are those odds are good enough to find out. Are are you sure the answer is no? Because a And M is sitting there with a, they've invested a half billion in their program the last few years they have all that in-state talent all that sec money with that with the t with the deal coming in and everything else they you know with the right coach that is a that could be a, a dominant job they could be the number two program next to alabama and the sec and when nick saban moves on i could see them being the number one program in the sec with a guy like jim jimbo fisher as their coach Arizona State, lack of uh, really general awareness. I mean, I, I just don't think this is the year to fire Todd Graham when there's all these other jobs open. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But they did that. So that job I agree with you right? in a vacuum. Now, the reports today about Kevin Sumlin, now, if they make that move, then they made the right move. All right, he'll be an upgrade. Minority coach, offensive-minded Far, has charisma far more personable he'll be at a school that has less expectations and in a conference where they demand you play a lot less defense he's a great fit for them that's a that's a that's an upgrade if they can get him but if they can't get him then then your overall take is right i mean you fired a guy where you're paying a massive buyout and he just beat your in-state rival and he beat your other big rival in washington as well he won the two biggest games on your schedule so if you're going to make that move, then you if you come out of this without somebody like Kevin Sumlin, then if I'm an Arizona State fan, I'm wondering who the hell's calling the shots around here. But if you come out of this with Kevin Sumlin, then if I'm an Arizona State fan, I'm thinking, I really like who's calling the shots around here. Because that same AD just hired Bobby Hurley as their basketball coach. You've seen what they're doing so far this season? They look pretty good. So the AD down there may know what he's doing. On the surface, I agree with you. But if he gets Kevin Sumlin, they trade it up. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, UCLA got Chip Kelly, which we've talked about quite a bit. 
Matt Campbell, what do you think? Do you think with so many openings, Matt Campbell, Jeff Brom, what do you think these two are in, you know, two months from now? Still they're still at Iowa State, still at Purdue? Well, we've got other dominoes that have to fall now. All right. So Mississippi State needs a coach. I, I think Tennessee, like if I was, you know, Tennessee right now is the coaching hotboard equivalent of a of of a game Vegas takes off the board because they don't know about, you know, the health right, of the key player. Right. So I, I think Tennessee now is its own story. It's off here to the side. That's its own sideshow. And then, and so you have Arizona State, you have Mississippi State. Um I'm trying to think, is there anybody else? Arkansas. And if I'm at, if I'm Matt Campbell, here's what I have to here's what I have to know. I'm 37 years old. The tendency in college football right now is against retreads. Okay? It's against retreads. Um, every now and then, if you're Kevin Sumlin, minority, likable, offensive guy, um, and his overall record was still pretty good, and he's young. So, so okay, but you know, Les Miles is going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. He can't get a mid-major job. Okay, so the the trend right now in the sport is against retreads. So if I'm Matt Campbell, I have a good team coming back at Iowa State next year. And if we go, if we win seven to nine games at Iowa State again next year, I'm Scott Frost next year. I am number one on the coaching hot board. I'm Tom Herman. I pick where I want to go. I'm the guy at this time next year. Everybody's like, man, I'm glad I'm, I wish I was that guy's agent. That's who I am. So Arkansas is going to pay more, but a guy, a guy just went from winning three big 10 championships to not being able to have a season with less than four losses at Arkansas. Okay. I mean, these are the things I have to ask myself. If I'm, if I'm Matt Campbell, I'm not going to be in a hurry to fail. I don't have to. I'm already getting paid millions of dollars, man. What he's getting paid two and a half, three million a year. Knowing Jamie, he can come up with another million. Okay, so wouldn't shock me this time next year at Iowa State is making four million a year. Mm-hmm. You're not forty-seven. You're thirty-seven. Right. Your biological clock ain't ticking on. And and by the way, Arkansas. Had has won one national title ever. It's when Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson were there under Frank Broyles, and it was disputed. You know, this is not like it's a program. Bobby Petrino had, like, the best three-year run at Arkansas anybody other than Frank Broyles has ever had, except for Lou Holtz. Now you're going back to the late 70s when Lou Holtz was there. So, I mean, they're a nice program. They're, they're a better program historically than Iowa. But this is not a top 15 job. It's not. Arizona State has had some one-shining moments. You know, uh, John Cooper had a Rose Bowl team there, and that got on the Ohio State job. And then 10 years later, Jake Plummer had one. What else have they done other than those two years? Do you know? You know, on, you know when they're really good, they're a 7-9 to nine win team. Why the hell can't you do that at Iowa State? If I'm going to leave, it's, it's – if I'm leaving a job where I know they love me and my expectations are manageable, 
and the money, I'm already a millionaire. Then it's because I know for a fact I can reach a career threshold I can't at Iowa State. Are you, John, I'll ask, are you confident you can reach a career threshold at Arkansas that you can at Iowa State right now? In coaching? Yeah. No, I just, I think when you look at that division and you look what you're going against and you look at the expectation there versus what the expectation is at Iowa State and you look at the month of October that you just had at Iowa State and you can't say anymore that we can't do this or we can't do that because you just did it. And you mm-hmm. just and you just did it with a guy who really I don't even know how many Iowa State fans knew who Kemp was before the season began. Uh and you, you did it with a guy that used to play quarterback but was a linebacker after a one year conversion, one of the greatest stories in Iowa State football history. So no. I I, I mean you can go seven and five at Iowa State just as easy, if not easier, maybe than you can at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean seven and five was pretty much Brett Bielema's mean record, median record at Arkansas annually. Uh, let me, if, like, if I'm Matt Campbell, here's a job I'm, I would look for: Notre Dame. Brian Kelly, eight year eight, nine and three. Last year three and nine. I, I I can count on like two fingers how many Notre Dame coaches ever have made it beyond year ten. It's a, it's it's a tough job with all the national alums and everything else. I've you know Kelly has flirted with the NFL before. He actually loses more players off this team than I thought. Um, like that offensive line of theirs is going to get decimated. They start several seniors on defense. So. I don't think it's automatic that they're nine and three or better next year. Okay, I mean next year Michigan comes back on the schedule. Michigan State's going to be a preseason top fifteen kind of team. Um, you know, you have USC on the schedule. I think it's more than likely Sam Darnold's going to come back another year. Actually, so. Um, Let's say Brian Kelly moves on. He'd be perfect for that job. He has the right demeanor for it. Uh, he's a guy of strong faith, so he would embrace that culture. He grew up not far from there. Not yep, yeah, not far from there. Um, I I just don't. I, I frankly, being someone that was born and raised in Iowa, and now even just living in Tulsa, Oklahoma which I would not consider the deep south by any stretch of the imagination, but it's different. It's it's far enough south where it's different. And, man, I, I just think if you can find a job like a Notre Dame, obviously a Notre Dame, but something that's more of a, a cultural fit for what you're familiar with, that's something that you probably should look into and wait on. Matt, here, if, if, if anybody knows Matt Campbell, I've never met him, actually, so... This would be my best advice to him. Your next job has to provide you what Iowa State cannot. And it can't be money because you're already making a ton of money. We're not talking about the the years of I make $450,000 coaching at Iowa State and this guy makes $2 million. I mean, honestly, 
when you're making three or four and you go somewhere else for five or six, does it really make that much? How, how, I mean, does it really make that much more of a difference? Especially when you got, you know, now taxes, state ta- income taxes tend to be lower in these southern states. But that's something to think about, man. Also, is what's the income tax level and everything else? Now, Matt, if you're listening, IQ's lower in these states too. <laughs> your next job is a place that comes with its own recruiting base, because that's how you get something that Iowa State can't give you. Iowa State's already given you one of the biggest stadiums in your conference. You have a beyond loyal fan base that, after what you did this year would pretty much be Demi Moore an indecent proposal for you for their immediate future if you want it to be. You're in a conference where also Rands have been given chances to be national powers. Baylor went from the longest bowl drought in college football to, to, to several to, to a Heisman Trophy winner and consecutive top 10 finishes. Kansas a decade ago was number was in the top finished in the top five. Kansas State's all-time winning percentage without Bill Snyder there is like 382, okay? He made them a consistent top 25 program. TCU was nothing. Gary Patterson made them something as a mid-major. They got to be a top 10 team. Then they get into the Big 12. They struggled at first. Now they're back to being a national contender again. None of those programs have – yeah, some of them are in Texas and things of that nature – but really, Iowa State can – if you have a really good coach at Iowa State, you can recruit, you know, at the same level as a Baylor and a Kansas and a Kansas State and a TCU. So there's no reason why this can't be Iowa State's turn. If it's not, you have another good team coming back next year. Go someplace that brings its own recruiting base. A Notre Dame brings its own recruiting base. I would have said a Tennessee brings its own recruiting base because so many new people have moved to Nashville. The high school talent in that state has grown precipitously. But I think that game, that job's off the board right now. Nebraska doesn't have its, its own recruiting base. And you're not Scott Frost, Matt Campbell. You don't come with the Phil Knight Nike ties. You, don't have, you weren't at Oregon when they were you know, competing for national titles. You didn't, you didn't coach the last three years in Florida and know all those high school coaches. You're the guy from Mount Union and Toledo. You're coming up, as John Miller likes to say, to the dirt road. That's why you need, your, you need a school that comes with its own recruiting base. Arizona State doesn't have its own recruiting base either. If I'm Matt Campbell, I'm not leaving this job where right now I have an AD who loves me, who is smart, knows how to run an athletic department a fan base that's loyal to me um what about this what about what about this steve Mm -hmm. what about a couple years when urban meyer decides he wants to be done i think he'd be great there i i think that that's a i think that's an excellent idea i don't think there's especially they ain't hiring greg shiano to replace urban meyer now okay because you could have seen that coming, right? You could mm-hmm. have seen that. Not anymore. Okay, so that's not going to happen. You're not going to hire Kevin Wilson, whose last head coaching job was player safety. That's not happening. So I think that's a great call. Absolutely, I do. Obviously, he's the Ohio guy. Mm-hmm. 
comes home. And, you know, the last time Iowa State sent a guy to Ohio State, that worked out pretty well. His name was Tom Herman. Oh, and then the time before that, Iowa State sent a guy to Ohio State. Remember him? Earl Bruce. His name was Earl Bruce. That worked out all right. Okay. His very first year, they went 11-0 and and played USC for the national title in the Rose Bowl. So these are the these are the opportunities I think are available to him if he's not in a if he if he just takes it to any he, he strikes me as a guy that that even though he's gotten far young understands is very self-aware you know he's done something at Iowa State John I never thought was possible one without a gimmick they don't have a gimmicky offense they run this cloud three four bend but don't break defense that looks like something that we watched, you know, in the NFL in 1983. Okay, um, it's there's he doesn't have the the charisma. McCarney was his own gimmick. He's done it with just straight up football and um, leading of young men. Well, that will translate in any situation, provided you have your own recruiting base. And that's what I'm looking for if I'm Matt Campbell. Yeah. Get 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 your raise from Jamie, which he likely will. Get to three mm-hmm. and a, get to three and a half. I, I think they can get to three and a half, um, for sure. And buy your time a couple of years. And as long as the bottom doesn't fall out, people in this profession say, you know, Matt Campbell won seven seven or more games three of the you know three of the five years he was at Iowa State. That's a damn good job. Historic. I mean, Dan, you look at Dan Mullen got the Florida job. He won 69 games in eight years at Mississippi State, which means he averaged what? About eight wins a season. That's what it means. To to, to be fair to I, some Iowa State, and there are Iowa State fans that listen to this. And I listen, through the years, you know I've had a lot of fun um, being that <laughs> being the stick poker. But, but in, in fairness here, I'm sure some of them are saying, Guys, you I mean why, why don't you throw more Dronos? You're talking Notre Dame. You're talking Ohio State. It, do you think he would stay there? I think um, I don't know. You know, I think that this is my own educated opinion. I feel you, I, I feel I feel your pain and hesitation here. My own educated opinion is what I'm about to say next. I don't believe Jamie Pollard came to Iowa State, and I was there when he got there. Um, I was one of the first people he met with when he got that job. I don't believe he came to Iowa State with the intention of being there for as long as he was. And I think the right opportunity, the one that was ideal to move his family— Better, There were better jobs than Iowa State, but not the ideal position that justified uprooting his family. Yeah, like Barry Alvarez has never left. Right. That's a good example. And after a while, the people there are just so good to you. The quality of life if you have a family. And again, Matt Campbell's 37, not 47. Jamie was about that age when he came to Iowa State. That means we're talking young kids, okay? Younger kids. Um, The quality of life that can be presented, the manageable expectations, the amount of stress 
that therefore Steve, why do you keep using that phrase? Because the job in and of itself is stressful. Throw in if you have a fan base whose expectations aren't reasonable, and that's where heart attacks come from, okay? You don't have that problem at Iowa State. So I think Jamie, I think, in the end just decided, you know, when I was 38, I wanted to rule the world. And now that I'm 48, I recognize Ruling the world ain't really all it's cracked up to be, brother. You know? My kids have gotten to, to grow up with the same friends, with stability. My son's gotten some of the best child care, um, you know, pediatric care on this continent. Um, and, you know, this is, this is, there's worse, there's, wor- there's a worse life to have than this. John Curry probably thought when Tennessee took him away from Kansas State last year, he was going home to his dream gig. Now look where he's at, man. Now look where he's at. Jeff Long. Jeff Long was almost the athletic director at Michigan where he was the associate AD a few years ago. He ran the college football playoff committee the first two years. He was the face of it. He just got crap canned at Arkansas last week. They held a Board of Regents meeting. He tried to go. They wouldn't let him in. So, you know, that life, that that trust the process, and it wasn't a rah-rah Paul Rhodes screaming in the locker room. It was Matt Campbell as a youth pastor, as a life coach, um, as an older brother, sitting down with grown men, walking them through, you know, what life is really like trusting the process doing things right that if you do things right eventually the right things will pay you back i think that advice applies to matt campbell he is in a very enviable position right now the the same advice i've given to political candidates i've worked with john from guys running from president for president to dog catcher don't be in a hurry to misspend your political capital there will be a time and a place you will have to cash it in. You live in an imperfect world. You're not going to get a, get to tiptoe between the raindrops. You're never going to get. You can't be effective in the political arena without ever getting your hands dirty. It's just not possible. But wait for the right moment. Too often, the too many politicians will cash in their political capital the first time someone offers offers them a deal. Wait. Make sure the ROI is worth the blowback. Same thing applies here to Matt. You have built up a substantial amount of political capital, not in two years, in two months. It was two months ago this program was embarrassing itself against Texas. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. Hell of a lot's changed in two months, John. Two months. So I'd say, Matt, pay, go back and watch that speech you gave your players after that TCU win. Apply it to you. You're only 37. Don't be in a hurry to misspend your political capital. There's a big world out there. Wanting to rule the world ain't all it's cracked up to be. And make sure your next gig offers you what you don't have and can never have. But the one thing Iowa State can never provide is its own recruiting base. It just can't provide that. It doesn't have the demographics for it, the brand for it, the, the presence for it. Any job that doesn't come with that, in my opinion, probably isn't worth 
the grief to profit ratio, given how manageable the expectations are and what the quality of life is like at Iowa State. I'd like to keep going, but we are have gone so long in this one, and I have a, a file size upload limit. So we are to the <laughs> point where I think it might be pushing that limit. So just so much to get to, and we'll talk about a lot more things next week when, when some of these jobs may be filled by then. Uh, some of these questions may have answers, and we'll have a chance to talk about the, the pros and cons of the, the hirings that were made. So fun time of year indeed. All right, that'll do it for this one. Thank you for listening to all that we put forth this week and every week here on the HN Podcast. For Steve, I'm John. Thanks for listening.